Time for a Tech Tuesday, which means means that we bring in our tech specialist, Carmi Levy. Good morning. Good morning, John. Great to be here. So when uh, Elon Musk arrived at Twitter, he decided to end the blue check marks first and then charge you for a check mark. And the idea was you'd be able to prove you were legit. But it turns out the check marks may be more so an indication of the fact that you might be lying about something. Yeah, they were supposed to solve the problem of misinformation, but then apparently they are fueling it. There's data from an organization, an an analytical firm called NewsGuard, that shows that the vast majority of misinformation on the platform, uh, particularly around the conflict in uh, the Middle East right now, uh, is originating from verified accounts. Those are those individuals who now pay $8 a month for the X premium service, formerly known as Twitter Blue. Uh, They looked at uh, about uh, 1.3 million uh, engagements, uh, and they, uh, you know, posts that had been engaged with about 1.3 million times, and they showed that uh, they originated from uh, that they, they got 100 million uh, views in total, and that three quarters of them uh, were from verified accounts. Basically, and and of course, we know that if you have a verified account, you are eligible for uh, monetization. You can get payments if you have a large enough audience, and we also know that the algorithm them dials up engagement on these accounts. And if you don't want to pay for the service, the algorithm dials down engagement. So you put it all together and basically it's showing that uh, what Elon Musk wanted to do, which was give verified accounts a larger audience, uh, is in fact working, but it's working for the wrong reason. It is in fact fueling misinformation across the platform uh, and it's getting worse. This reminds me of a story you did some time ago about how I think it was 12 accounts more or less were responsible responsible for 80% of the misinformation about COVID. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because this echoes that. They looked at 250 of the top premium X accounts, and they showed that 75% of them, almost 75% of them, 186, were in fact responsible for the vast majority of these uh, pieces of disinformation. So uh, apparently the, the the process continues. Uh, you know, the fact is, is that there's money to be made. The companies will always say, and Elon Musk will always say, we're doing whatever we can to rein in misinformation. But the fact of the matter is, this is a company that's significantly strapped for cash, and this is a huge revenue driver. He's not going to be backing off of it anytime soon. So please tell me what spamouflage is. <laughs> combination of spam and camouflage. And basically, it's a directed campaign, apparently from China, that dumps huge volumes of apparently organic-looking messages into the the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram uh, accounts of, uh, of, uh, of MPs, inc- including Pierre Polyev, uh, Omar Al-Gabra, uh, and a number of others. Uh, and basically, it tries to discredit them. It, it accuses them of posting uh, deep fake videos of doing things that you an MP probably shouldn't be doing. They're designed not to look like spam, but they kind of do. And anytime you see a message like that, you realize it's not quite written perfectly. It's sort of a little bit off. And there are they literally millions of them have been sent, started in August, accelerated through September, through the long weekend. Uh, and uh, the government's uh, agency that tracks this kind of thing, Global Affairs Canada, they have something called a 
rapid response mechanism. And they say that it traces right back to the People's Republic of China. And it's designed to discredit Canadian MPs uh, at a time when, you know, we've seen this kind of activity accelerating significantly. This is another example of that. Okay, so tell me where we are with uh, Elon Musk's, we're back to Elon Musk, um, Cybertruck, because when it was unveiled, I thought a lot of people were thrilled about it. Oh, well, sure. I mean, who wouldn't want a truck that looked like it was designed on the back of a napkin by a five-year-old kid in kindergarten? But, you know, the the reality is, is taking something that looks completely sort of weird and cool, uh, very DeLorean-like, and putting it into production is a very, you know, very large jump. And that's apparently what's happening. Uh, Elon Musk wanted to build $250,000 a year. He's barely going to make $125,000. He keeps pushing back the launch of the actual delivery of the first vehicle. They've had huge issues with uh, getting it ready for production. Uh, And uh, now on a call with investors, he's trying to, what he says, temper expectations. And he used the term, we dug our own grave with the Cybertruck, basically meaning he thought it was cool, but maybe he stretched a little bit too far. Uh, The exact same thing played out a few years ago with the Model X, with those Falcon Wing wing doors that open up because Elon Musk thought those were really cool as well. Didn't quite work out as well. And it's been a fairly slow seller ever since. Cybertruck is the same thing he's going into the into the most important automotive market the pickup market in north america with a vehicle that will probably sell to enthusiasts uh but they're at this point because of these production issues getting it into production uh they may be waiting years for them and many of them may need to buy another vehicle in the meantime the gull wing doors are pretty cool though i have to say i uh i I had an uber the other day and it arrived and the doors and popped up and i thought oh wow it's like back to the future it's a cool party trick until uh, they leak in the rain or they fail, and that happens fairly frequently. Or if you just want to put something on the roof, like you know a roof rack or something, you can't because these things always have to open and close. So it's one of those practicality things. Looks great on paper, fun party trick, but in the real world, not really something that a lot of people want or need. I am trying very hard to figure out what this next headline means, uh, but Amazon driver's urine packaged as an energy drink. Say what? Yeah, this is uh, so there's a uh, there's a uh, it's called the Great Amazon Heist, and it's a documentary from a British filmmaker. Uh, and it's just been released. And basically what uh, they were trying to do was figure out uh, whether, you know, how easy it first of all, there it was an investigation to show uh, that Amazon, they say they're a great place to work, but in reality, they aren't. But in the process, they discovered that Amazon workers were uh, they were being told you can't take breaks. You've got to meet your deadline. And a lot of the workers were, in fact, um, peeing in their vehicles in a bottle and then throwing them out on the roads near the distribution centers. So this the, the documentary team collected them. And just to show how easy it was to sell anything on Amazon and the company didn't bother checking what was being sold, they managed to resell it. Uh, they called it release. Uh, and uh, they managed to resell it on the platform. Don't worry, no one, no unwitting consumers bought them. Uh, only the friends p- picked them up and then they pulled them from distribution. But just to show the checks and balances to ensure that abusive products don't make it to the platform uh, clearly aren't working. And Amazon's got a huge problem on its hands. Yeah, well, kind of a good agitprop protest. It sort of is. uh, But at the same time, you and I and all of our listeners are buying stuff from Amazon every day. And so if we can't trust that what we're getting is, in fact, legit and could, in fact, be pee in a bottle, that's a worrisome thing. And I think Amazon does need to answer for it. Thank you, sir.
Thanks, John. Tech Tuesday with our tech expert, Carmi Levy.